Welcome back to the Rainy Day Horror Show, people. It is a beautiful Sunday. Alright, I hope you guys are having a good weekend or had a good weekend, okay? Gotta go back to work tomorrow, but that is okay because we are going to get that money and then we are gonna shop and just fucking buy all of the horror decorations for Halloween next week. Or is it the week after? I don't fucking know. But it's coming up quick, alright? Spirit Halloween is about to be sold out of everything, okay? I'm waiting to go to Spirit Halloween again, you know, until after Halloween. So, like, the prices and everything drop, and it's everything's basically on clearance. Because it's going to be, you know, I'm going to go there with a shit ton of money and buy a shit ton of stuff, right? Just, you know, got to think smarter, not harder, people, alright? So... If you don't know who I am, I am Dusty McBalls, I am the Certified Cougar Hunter, and I am the man with the biggest set of testicles. Woo! Woo! Alright, and on today's episode, it's going to be an interesting one, alright? It's about a dude who killed his kid um, for insurance claim money, right? And he poisoned his son's, you know, Halloween candy, right? This is one of those bad stories where, you know, that fills that urban legend of, you know, you gotta check your candy when you get home, right? But this one was from, you know, this one's weird, right? And we're gonna jump into it here in a second, but yeah, it's just, it's weird. It's a weird one. Um, but yeah, I hope you guys are having a good weekend. I hope you guys enjoyed this story. This is gonna be a very, very interesting one. But before we get into it, you know, put those Crocs on. We're going on a little adventure today, alright? We're going to be shadow watching, if that's a thing. Shadow watching? Well, it's now a thing. I just made it a thing. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun, alright? So get those Crocs on. Get some to drink. Get some to little snack on, right? You know, got to have a full stomach when doing this because it's going to be a stomach turner, alright? And now, without further ado, let's get into the story of of Ronald Clark O'Brien and the murder of his child and possibly thankfully it didn't happen but he also almost murdered four other kids all right so without further ado let's get into it so Ronald Clark O'Brien was born on October 19th 1944 in Houston Texas now I think he lived a normal childhood. To be honest, I only say, you know, I think because I really couldn't find anything on him from when he was a kid. But, you know, growing up and living in Houston, especially in like the 40s, 50s, and 60s, we can make a general, you know, assumption. You know, we can be an asshole and make an assumption on, you know, what it was like and what he was like growing up. Now, I'm not saying he's racist or anything. I'm just saying if, you know, those were the days that if mama didn't have food on the table by 5.30, someone's ass was getting beat by the dad. Hey, you get your bitch ass back in the kitchen and make me some pie. All right, so I'm, you know, I, I don't know if he, you know, Lived a good childhood or not, that's all I'm trying to say. But, you know, 40s, 50s, and 60s, we know what that shit was kind of like. Especially in the South, 
All right. Now, as an adult, Ronald lived with his wife. Okay, it's weird. I don't know how to say her name because it's spelt like, is it Di? It's like Dineen. If that's even a fuck, I've never heard that fucking name in my entire life. That's such a weird name. It's like Day and then N E N E. I don't know if that's. I don't know how to say it. So I'm gonna say Dineen, and this is the only time her name comes up. But yeah, it was weird. And he had two kids with Dineen, and it was Timothy and Elizabeth, and they lived in Deer Park, Texas, which was a normal middle class suburb in Houston. Well, yeah, in Houston. Near Houston, I should say. Now, Ronald was an optician and was also a deacon at their local Baptist church where he sang in the choir and oversaw their bus program. Now, those that were friends with Ronald said he was a good dude. He was a straight-up OG in the streets. He was just a good guy. They would describe him as a good Christian man and above all, a great and loving father. And boy, were they fucking wrong. Holy shit. Because in reality, this dude was shadier than a funeral director fucking dead bodies, right? This dude was not a good person. Obviously, because he killed one of his kids. I Sorry I spoiled it in the beginning, but he did. Like this dude. Oh my god. Not that great of a person, right? But Ronald, or Ronnie, had difficulty holding down a job. And in a 10 year span, he went through 21 different jobs. Which, not gonna lie, I low-key kind of feel that. Because, holy shit, I get bored of the same fucking job for like two months, right? It is like my longest job. My longest job, I think, was with UPS. And I worked there for a year and two months. And that, you know, has been, yeah, that's been the only job since I've been illegally, not illegally, but legally allowed to work. Which is weird, but like 10 years and you get fired from 21 jobs. I've never gotten fired, okay? I will say that. I've never been fired, okay? I've always just quit. Sometimes walked out. Sometimes did it the professional way. But, you know, sometimes you just can't handle a fucking day. And it's complete and utter bullshit. And then it's just like, fuck this shit, I'm out. So right? You just, you just can't fucking do it anymore, right? So... I understand, but I've never been fired. Have I? No, I haven't. Well, actually, one time I've been fired. When I worked at the gas station, I sold a friend 21 packs of Swishers, and they were underage. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, I can't help it. All right? They're a friend, and I was helping them out. And I don't know why they needed 21 packs, but they needed 21 packs. And, yeah, that's what got me fired from the gas station. But I didn't really care. Right? Fuck the gas station. Well... I love the gas station, but, like, fuck working there. That shit is awful, right? Too many crackheads just coming in and fucking up your day, right? It's just it's just weird. Weird, weird, weird place to work, especially at night. I don't recommend if you're under the age of 18 to work at a gas station at night. So fucking weird. Thankfully, it wasn't a truck stop, but still, really, really, really 
weird, all right? So, now, the reason that this man was getting fired from all 21 of these jobs was because of one of two things. It was either negligent behavior or fraudulent behavior, and most of it was fraudulent behavior. And on top of all of that, in the fall of 1974, where this story officially takes place, he was yet again about to be fired from his employer, Texas State Optical, because they suspected him of stealing money from them too. And at this point, Ronald was only 30 years old and making $150 a week. I don't know what that is in today's time, but wow, that's not a lot of money. That is not a lot of money, especially for an optician. I thought opticians get paid a lot. Eye doctors, right? I think that's an eye doctor. I should, probably should have researched this before I did it, but I think it's an eye doctor. But holy shit, 150 fucking dollars a week? That's not a lot. And this $150 that Ronald got a week barely covered, you know, the main necessities that a human needs, like food, shelter, you know, car expenses, you know, the, the whole bill stuff. Like this barely covered all of that. And during this investigation they like the police discovered at some point i'm skipping a little bit ahead but it's going to come back too the police discovered that ronald was a hundred thousand dollars in debt from several bank loans that he had taken out and on top of that his car was also on the verge of being repossessed been there too all right ronnie i've been there too there is no Better feeling than waking up early, knowing you're behind on three car payments, parking at different addresses, and driving around dodging the repo team. You know, it just it just gets the blood flowing, right? You're just living like Larry. Living like Larry. It is the best feeling in the world. I'm joking. I'm it sucks. It is the worst fucking thing to ever go through, right? When I was living in Atlanta, I was behind cuz I have a BMW, right? So my insurance was expensive down here down in Atlanta, but in Minnesota, it is so fucking cheap for me to own a BMW. It is not even funny. Like I think my insurance is 290 in Minnesota when I was Living in Atlanta, when I first got my BMW, it was 600 right? And then I got into a little fender bender, and it jumped to 900 Just my insurance. My insurance alone was $900 a month, and I had to pay that for a while, right? And then my car loan on top of that is like 382 So you have to think, all right? I don't have any college degree so I just would work 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 and it is the hardest fucking thing to do right all of that money is so fucking hard I had to work two jobs for a while because of it so I understand the stress that goes with this right when I was at one point I was working two jobs and 
just to cover my car loan and try, well, when I fell back behind on my few car loans and they were about to repossess my car, I had to work two jobs to try and get caught back up, right? I would go to work at a fencing company from like 6, 30, 6, 6 or 6.30 in the morning. I think it was 6.30. 6.30 in the morning to 3, 2.30, 3 o'clock. Yeah, 2.30, 3 o'clock. Then after that, I had to go work at UPS in Atlanta from 4 till 10, 11. Sometimes I didn't get home till midnight because of it being peak season. And all my fellow UPS workers know what peak season is like. So that shit, yeah. So I understand. This shit sucks. You'd never want to be caught that far behind on anything. So, yeah. That was a weird little story. I didn't think I would go down that. But all jokes aside, um, that shit, like I said, does fucking suck. And he, Ronald, owed so many fucking, like, so much fucking money. And... He decided, because he was in this rough spot, he decided to concoct a devious plan. Whether it was out of greed, desperation, or both. But this man planned something so horrific involving him killing his son on Halloween night so he could collect life insurance policies on well the plan actually was to kill his son and his daughter but his son was the only one that got affected by this because he ended up you know we're, we're gonna get into it but he ended up he was the only one that ended up dying but he I think was actually going to kill his son and his daughter because he gave them two of these yeah two of these evil fucking pixie stick things right but he wanted to collect this, you know, life insurance policy on his daughter and his son so he could, you know, live more comfortable, 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 there we go, with, you know, less stress and get out of this $100,000 that he was in debt to, right? So, on October 31st, Halloween in 1974, Timothy and Elizabeth O'Brien and their, their dad, started out like, you know, just any other Halloween, this Halloween, this Halloween prior to, you know, prior to this holiday, because obviously this one was fucked up, but everything was going according to plan like every other, hol whoa, every other Halloween pre this one, and everything was normal. Like I just said 6,000 different times. I don't know why I keep repeating it. Except for one small detail. Their dad. Every Halloween. Up until this point. Their dad was never too, you know, excited. He never really cared for Halloween. Except for this one. There's a police officer in the background. I can hear his little siren. Wonder who he's chasing. Let me look out the window. Oh, nobody. He's gone now. Darn. I'm a quick little tangent real quick. There are so many like cops like because right behind the, my house that I stay in, there is a 
What is it? A busy street. I don't know why that was... I forgot that. But there's a busy street behind me, right? There are so many people that get p pulled over right behind my house. And it is weird to watch sometimes. Yeah, I'll watch them. Fuck you guys. You wouldn't watch them? Because I would. One time we thought somebody was being kidnapped. But I guess she was just extremely on drugs. And she was like, I don't know, a teenager, we think? I don't know. We thought she was getting kidnapped. But... So we called the cops and it turned out to be fine, but still, it was weird. It was really, really weird. But anyways, sorry. We're going to, well, let's get back to the story, okay? So, like I said, he was very, very eager to take the kids trick-or-treating. And so he told them, like, you know, any other parent, go throw on your costumes and let's skedaddle. Let's get the fuck out here and let's go get that, you know, let's go get those king-size candy bars up at the... Warner's house because they're rich, right? Let's go there. Let's 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 ball out tonight on some candy, right? And so they went up there, got their clothes on, not their clothes on, but like their fucking costumes on, and they went and met up with a family friend, Jim Bates, and his two children as well. So Timothy and Elizabeth all rush out the door. They all go meet up with, you know, Jim and Jim and Ronald and their four kids were going house to house, ringing doorbells and getting loads and loads of candy. And as the night went on and they kept hitting houses, they eventually came across this, you know, this one house, this last house that they were going to do for the night. And the children, and they all went up to the door and they rang the doorbell. And unfortunately, there was no response. All right. Now, this is the point in the story where Ronald makes his move. As they're heading back home, he kind of stayed behind the group for a little bit, you know, a little bit to make sure nobody would see him. He then pulled out his death candy. No, that is not a sexual joke, but he pulled out his death candy and it was five pixie sticks. He then ran back up to the group. And told them that the neighbors were actually home and were handing out expensive treats. After this interaction, the group decided to head home to Jim Bates' house where Ronald handed out four pixie sticks to each one of the kids and gave and then whoa and then gave a random trick-or-treater the last one. So Timothy got one, Elizabeth got one. Jim's two kids got one, and then a random trick-or-treater got one, right? There's five fucking people that almost died that night, thanks to this asshole, okay? And as he gave them... Sorry, my beard is itching. I don't know if you heard that, but I did it away from the mic because I thought it was going to sound really, really gross. But anyways, so they reached the house, gave out the pixie sticks... And then Jim and his two kids say goodbye to Ronald and Timothy and Elizabeth, and they went home. Once the O'Briens reached their house, Ronald told, told, Ronald told Timothy and Elizabeth that they could have one piece of candy before going to bed. And Timothy decided on the pixie stick, right? So Timothy cracked that bitch open and started just sucking down on that sugary goodness. And after he finished it, 
he complained that the pixie stick was bitter. So, being the loving father and the number one dad of the year that Ronald is, he went and got his son a glass of Kool-Aid to help, you know, wash it down. And after, you know, little Timothy was done fucking slamming Kool-Aid, like double fisting it straight into his mouth, Ronald told Timothy to go to bed. And Ronald, fast forward a little bit, Ronald would tell police later that 30 seconds after, you know, he tucked poor Timothy into bed, he heard him crying. And he was saying, Daddy, Daddy, my stomach hurts. And after that, he ran to the bathroom and started convulsing, vomiting, gasping, and then all of a sudden, he went limp. The O'Briens then called an ambulance, but unfortunately, on the way to the hospital, Timothy would die only an hour after ingesting the pixie sticks. Whoa, I just lost my spot. There we go. Okay. Now, shortly after this incident, an investigation was launched, like usual when shit like this happens, and Timothy's body was taken to the morgue where a medical examiner recalled the scent of almonds coming from Timothy's mouth, which is a telltale sign of cyanide poisoning. And it was also proven by the autopsy that was performed on Timothy. All right. Timothy had consumed so much cyanide that it could have killed two or three full-grown men. That is fucking insane. This dad is a piece of shit, right? Poisoning is like, oh. You have to be, like, real detached from reality to poison somebody like that, right? Like, I mean, you're about to put them through hours. Hours of just constant pain, vomiting, convulsions, like that whole shit, right? That is fucking awful. You have to be so detached. Like, I couldn't do it. I couldn't poison somebody because I don't want them to go through like three, four, five extremely painful hours of just death before they actually die, right? Like, I don't know. I don't know if you guys know who it is, but his name is, what is it? Oh, I can't think of it. Oh, gosh. I can't remember. But he was a hitman for the mob, if I'm thinking, if I recall the story correctly. I think he was a hitman for the mob, and he would use cyanide poisoning. And what he would do is, at night to test the cyanide, he would walk around his neighborhood with, it, with like the cyanide in a spray bottle, and he would just spray it in front of strangers. And they... In, the investigators in this documentary that I was watching on YouTube about this um, this hitman also said that it like cyanide is so powerful that you can spray it onto somebody's clothing and it'll seep in through their skin. Like their skin will take it from the fucking clothes. And they will die within a day, right? Like that shit's fucking awful. Like I would no, no. 
I would never poison somebody. That, like, yes, it's probably easier to get away with, but, like, still, fuck no. Especially in today, poisoning, fuck no, right? No, 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 no. And I say in today's because, like, let's think about it, right? Autopsies have come so far along from, like, the 1900s that they would be able to pick it up instantly and then they would probably be able to find it, you know, from who you bought it from really quick because, like, nobody just orders fucking cyanide for no fucking reason, right? Like, you have to be smart, right? It w- you would get caught so fucking easy if you poisoned somebody today, I think, unless maybe it was rat poisoning, but even then, right, still. God, that'd be so fucking, that'd be the worst way to fucking die by being poisoned. I would hate that so much. Now, if you are wondering about the four other pixie sticks that Ronald gave out to the four kid, well, yeah, the four other kids, if they were consumed, they weren't. The police were able to track them down before the other kids had a chance to eat them, right? So thankfully it was, well, thankfully no other kids died and thankfully it was only, um, Timothy, but still, it's sad that Timothy had to die because of his stupid fucking dad, right? Now, during their investigation, detectives had Ronald and Jim retrace their steps from that obvious horrifying Halloween night, and they did so, but Ronald gave very conflicting stories as to which house handed out the poisonous candy, and the police caught on to this pretty quick, right? And they started digging into Ronald's background, and the deeper they dug, the more Ronald became their main suspect. They first found out about all of his financial problems, like I stated earlier, the whole $100,000 in debt, and they also found out that he had taken multiple life insurance policies out on his kids. They then found a piece of like adding machine tape, and on it, O'Brien had written out the cost of each one of his bills. And the total of all of his bills put together, this total amount came out to be almost the exact amount of money he was about to receive from his son's life insurance policy, right? So I kind of explained that a little weird. Like the, because in my research, they said adding machine tape, which is weird. I didn't know what that fuck that was, but now it just clicked in my head. Basically, like, because for bills, I do spreadsheet. It was like that. It was exactly like that. Basically had a spreadsheet, but they didn't have technology back then like we do. So that's basically what he had a spreadsheet of all of his bills put together. And then, yeah, you, yeah, you know what I mean now, right? Then police found out that Ronald had inquired with several chemical companies on where to buy cyanide and even joked with some of those, you know, companies Asking them how much it would take to kill a person. What did he say? The police also found a pocket knife belonging to Ronald in his home. And on this pocket knife, it contained candy residue suggesting how, you know, he may have tampered with the candy. Even though Ronald was doing a pretty good job at playing a grieving father... The police still brought him in for questioning and hooked him up to the good old 
the wonderful polygraph machine, right? And now once he got to the station and once they hooked him up and they started asking him questions about that night, when the questions started coming, the lies started flowing and he ultimately failed the polygraph test. And as a result of his failure, 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 he was then arrested and charged with Timothy's murder on November 5th, 1974. He then would stay at the Harris County Jail until his court hearing on June 3rd, 1975, where he was convicted of murder and sentenced to death in less than an hour of deliberations. Now, after being found guilty, Ronald tried to appeal his case on multiple different occasions, even going as high as the Supreme Court. But every attempt failed, and he was executed by lethal injection on March 31st, 1984. At the Texas State Penitentiary in Huntsville, Texas. All right. Ronald O'Brien's last words before dying. Get this. Get this. His last words were, "What's about to whoa? What's about to transpire in a few moments is wrong. I would forgive all who have taken part in any way in my death." Now. Because of his incident, it made national news giving Ronald the nicknames The Man Who Killed Halloween and The Candyman. He's the real-life Candyman, people. Say his name. Candyman, Candyman, Candyman. Oh, no. Candyman's behind me. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. That's a good movie, though. I like that one. Well, I like both of them, if I'm being honest. The one that um, Jordan Peele also did. I think he's, you know, a great person. But, not a great person. Great director. He might be a good person. I don't fucking know. He's funny. But, like, I thought his movies that he's making are good. And I actually like that Candyman movie. You have to watch the first one. And then you can watch this one. Then it all ties together. But, yeah, it's it's good. If you haven't seen it, go out and watch it. I'm pretty sure everybody has fucking seen it because it's the Candyman. Duh. Everybody's seen it. But, yeah. Alright. It's good. It's a good one. But, anyways. Um, the Candyman, Ronald, never confessed to his crime him murdering his poor child never confessed to it and he's the main reason on the urban legend of on the urban legend of checking for tampered candy even exists i mean it existed a little bit before but he's really the one that just fucking shot it to the moon and really fucked halloween for a lot of us all right one expert, David Skull, believes he chose Halloween to carry out his crimes because Ronald knew about the urban legend. And he assumed that his use of cyanide laced candy would deflect any suspicion from him to some anonymous boogeyman. I don't think so. I think it was just convenient. I don't really. Because his motive was obviously the life insurance, but to do it on Halloween, it would just make it easier, right? Because 
you know, a little, well, actually, no, it kind of does agree, I kind of, I guess, I don't know, fuck, I guess I kind of agree with it, yeah, I would say I agree with it, but it wasn't his main motive, that's not, it was probably just most convenient for him, because it was right around the corner, you know what I mean, and when he started planning this, Halloween was coming up, so it was just probably more convenient, right, Skull would also say, despite O'Brien's crimes, crime, on Halloween, well, hold on, I gotta rewind. Despite O'Brien's crime, Halloween should not be feared. There was no general correlation in America between the holiday and increased crime. In particular, the widespread fear of poison or booby-trapped candy. It's just an urban legend without a real basis. Well, if it's just an urban legend, how come it's happened so many fucking times? Right? I saw this one story where a guy, I think it was from Minneapolis or something like that, he put like needles in the candy and gave it out to kids. There's this girl, Helen P-File. It's probably file, but I say P-File because it sounds funny. She gave out arsenic, like rat, rat, rat killing pellets, I think is what it was. And she gave them out to like 15, 13 people. And her whole basis was fucking stupid. I'm, I'm going to run it through you real quick, right? So these kids, these poor girls, they go to Helen's house. Helen hands them out candy. They go back. They're going to start eating their candy, but then they look through their candy and obviously see these rat poisoning pellets, right? So they call the cops. They say, hey, this lady gave it to us. And the cops went and searched the house and they asked Helen what her motive was. And she was like, oh, it's just a prank. They're too old to be trick-or-treating. That's why I did this. Which is funny, because her son was trick-or-treating that exact night. And, and he was two years older than them. This, these two girls, I think, were 13 and 14. This dude was like 14, 15, I think. But still, right? What the fuck? Makes no sense. Anyways, so instead of, um, what is it? Would it be, I forgot what she was going to get charged with, but the charges dropped and she was shipped to a mental institution for like 18 months or something like that. It was, yeah. So, yeah. Kids, got to check the fucking candy. It is so weird, people. Why do you want to hurt the kids? Why do we hurt the fucking kids? Doesn't make sense to hurt the fucking kids, does it? Right? What, you feel good hurting, you know, a poor person that can't defend themselves gotta fucking hate people that hurt kids but anyways yeah fuck fuck ronald ronnie helen pifile but still i hope you know that scared you guys a little bit you know opens your eyes a little bit especially you parents come on now check the candy don't trust me this halloween you're like oh the candy's gonna be fine and your son has fucking razor blades in his mouth, you're gonna be like, God damn it, I should have listened to Dusty. I should have listened. And you should have. Because now your son doesn't have a fucking tongue and can't talk. Alright? But, just be careful with these candy, and especially on Halloween people, okay? You just never know. People are fucking crazy nowadays. You just never know. Right? You just don't. You just don't. Especially with how everything is going on in the world. Alright. Other than that, that's that's the end of the story. That is just a fucking crazy story. Like, 
Cyanide. Jeez, I don't even know where to get cyanide. Don't tell me where. I'm not gonna get it, but I don't wanna fucking know. Right? But still, yeah. What a weird, weird fucking guy. I like how in his, like, last words, like, his final words before he's put to death is, forgive me for basically everything... What, 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 what was it? Let me, let me, let me go back in here and let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Oh, I'm just going too far up. What the fuck? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Oh, yeah, what's about to transpire in a few moments is wrong. Bro, you killing your kid is wrong, alright? I don't really give a fuck. At the end of the day, the death penalty, I don't think, I don't see it as a bad thing, if I'm being honest. I really don't. I mean, would it be worse to be put to, would it be worse to be put in jail for life instead of getting put to death? Probably, right? Because maybe he would have got, you know, Dicked down in Dallas by a big old, I don't know, white dude, black dude, Hispanic dude, I don't know. Somebody's going to be in there just fucking him, right? Preferably, you know, it, I would like to see, you know, like, what is it? An Aryan Brotherhood kind of guy just go in there and fuck Ronald. That would be funny. That would have been funny. But, yeah, it's just, he's so fucking stupid right? What's about to transpire in a few moments is wrong. Yeah, it is not actually wrong. It, what you did was wrong, so you're gonna fucking die. I hope you die. Anyways, he's dead now, thankfully, but still. That's all I really got. Sorry about my little rant. It was kind of stupid, but um, what else what, 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 what else do we got going on? This Wednesday, for sure, Gabby, me and Gabby are doing McKamey Manor, okay? We're, it was gonna come out last weekend, and I lied, and I apologize for lying, I just did not feel good, and I just, my throat was fucking killing me, obviously, had the vid, but, um, what else do we got going on, I'm gonna reiterate, Jan I don't know why I was gonna say January, October 30th, interview, you guys don't know who it is yet, but I'll tell you, or I might not, and you might just see it pop up, who knows, I don't know, maybe, who cares, um, what else? That's all I really got for you guys. If you want to follow me on Instagram at the Rainy Day Horror Show, go ahead, give me a follow. You know, send me some horror related. Send me like maybe you have a short story that you want me to read, right? Maybe you have a creepy encounter that you want me to read. Just send it my way. I'll put it in the episode. And yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I don't have anything else for you guys. All right, so remember. Stay frosty, stay foxy, and most importantly, the most important thing on this planet, you sexy little peacocks, stay safe. I love y'all. Deuces.